0: You know, I'm more of a rhythm guy. Just, you know, being able to fill out the game and and get what's coming to me and not really as good when I'm pressing and and trying to make things happen, so. right.
1: Well, in 2019, Fred Van Vliet was nicknamed Steady Freddy with the support he provided to Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, and Serge Ibaka on the way to the Raptors' first NBA championship. Fast forward three years and the man heralded as the successor to one said Kyle Lowry is having a bit of a tough time. He's jacking up shots, he's shooting well, well under 40% from the field in most games. And overall, he's looking more selfish than a disher, than a leader. For well, I want to start this as the Raptors, you know, continue on their five hundred journey, by asking, what's up with Fred Van Vliet at the moment?
0: I don't think mm, it's a, it's a tough question, Kamel, because last year he had such a good season, and um, he he of course he had that knee injury. I think it was around the All Star break last year, and despite how well Toronto finished off the season. I, I can't remember quite what the... Well, no, I do remember the record, actually. I think it was 28-11 and we finished the season off. It was a part of some articles I was reading before we recorded this. But um, we had that surge, and I think it was propelled, in the most part, by Scotty Barnes. Um, he was so excellent in the latter part of the season. He was just improving game by game. But Fred also didn't quite lick himself after the knee injury. and I think it's probably a longer term issue with Fred being an undersized point guard. We've seen when some of these guys start to get knee injuries and they're also a bit older. I think Kemba Walker is the classic example now in people's mind because of course that happened relatively recently, but he was somebody playing actually at an all-star level to essentially making his way out of the league in a couple of seasons. Something most people didn't anticipate and His situation, I think, has a lot of parallels with Van Vliet's because, of course, Van Vliet is also up for contract extension next year. So Masai Jury, I think, is looking at that situation, thinking, well, we're probably not going to give him anywhere close to, you know, a nine-figure contract extension like he may have been expecting at the end of last season. Uh, So with this upcoming trade deadline, I've seen his name involved in so many rumours come out and um, Although I do think he's in a particularly uh, you know, unfortunate shooting slump, which happens to so many good shooters in the league. I think, personally speaking, it's not just a slump. I think it's part of a longer systemic issue. And so, yeah, I, I don't know what the future looks like for him at the moment.
1: No, I agree. And obviously, when we're talking about 2019, we're talking about him being the third option. But now having to step up and being the team's main creator, he has really really struggled i mean probably we can go to that horrible orlando loss last night as the epitome of his performance this season five of 14 from the field two of nine from three uh for 19 points with six assists and two rebounds and you know december he's been shooting less than 25 percent from three overall this season you know it's barely 32 percent so you know Going into the new year, it becomes really more than a a slump and it becomes, as you say, a systemic issue. So you've got to look, especially with the trade deadline coming up, you've got to look at whether Van Vliet is the guy you want leading that team on that massive contract. Because of course there will be teams interested in him. You know, the Magic, for example, r one who have looked at him as a possibility and there were plenty of teams in the league who would take Fred Van Vliet. Is he right for this Raptors team who are built around length? Who knows? who knows yeah, it's yeah. a difficult one I think it's yeah. one for another episode but can we can we go to that horrendous Orlando loss I mean it's 113 109 to the worst team in the league um, I mean you can't really say any positives really apart from I mean you guessed it right Pascal Siaka 36 points he's been on absolute tear since coming back and uh, yeah let's stick to the positives for now Pascal talk me through his last two weeks because he's been absolutely phenomenal and has he changed anything? I mean, we briefly touched on it because he just came back from injury at the, when we recorded the last episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think we've uh, talked about his performance previously, but um, I honestly don't really have much to say. He's so bloody consistent. I think that's the main thing. Even in his... Uh, when he was in the starting lineup in the All-Star game in that season, he would still have games where, you know, he would only be scoring 15, 12 points. This year, it's every single game. He knows he needs to step up for Toronto to be even in with a chance of winning games. And I think he understands that and he's actually more willing to expect accept that responsibility. We talk, we heard him talk in interviews, I think it was last year, how he didn't really see himself as like the star player. Or I I think I remember an interview where I, I think he perhaps uh, articulated uh a lack of surety about, you know, actually taking over Kawhi's role, like being the go-to guy. I don't think he himself was sure if he was, uh, you know, the player uh, to carry the load like that. But I think he understands that's exactly what this team needs from him to, to for them to even have a fighting chance. And uh, I even heard his name getting brought up in trade rumors, which I thought was absolutely
1: ludicrous. Like, oh, he's he needs he's to what this man. He's exactly what Masai Ujiri and I think Nick Nurse now envisions as the future of the Raptor, at least over the next few years. And you're right. I mean, star player role, he's been putting up star player numbers. I mean, he hasn't been great from three, but I mean, he never really has. But I mean, when you put up numbers like against the Magic 36, nine and 7, against the Lakers, you put up 25, 10 and 7. You know, you're flirting with triple doubles every single game. I I think he's almost averaging a
0: triple... I think am he's almost averaging a triple double for the season. is him and Luke, he him, him and Luke are putting up fairly comparable numbers which yeah, <laughs> shows If you, you want how to know to
1: If you want to know, he's averaging 25 9 7, shooting almost 50% from the field and you know 30 33% from three. So, it's great numbers. It's M, you know, I'm not going to say MVP numbers, but it's you yeah. know, first team all-star numbers. And yeah. uh, I mean, that's the positive you take from this this magic game, really, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, should we move on to a trend? uh Yeah, let's move on, actually. I mean, briefly touch on Scotty Barnes because just because of the media reports that came out this week, which mm. suggested that after his mini slump this season, Scotty actually was talked to quite harshly by Masai Ujiri. And, you know, you've seen the results after that. I mean, 17 rebounds against the Lakers. And uh, he's been scoring pretty well. He didn't have a great game against the Magic, of course, but no one did. So, you know, Scotty's really stepped up. Maybe Vleet needs that as well. But yes, you're right. Trent Jr., another one who was in a slump. Um, what's changed with him? Obviously, he's moved to a bench role. Do you think that suits him better?
0: Uh, on Scotty, I, I one thing I would just add, uh, I would caveat with what you said with the Lakers game. They were without LeBron and AD. And that Lakers team, I've never seen them so small since AD and LeBron went to that team because of course they don't have Dwight Howard either like they look like they were half the height of the Toronto team which is to this Toronto team and we talked about how undersized they were the team that was you know last season probably the biggest team in the league or all the other previous seasons actually Um it's just yeah so I wouldn't put too much into the 17 rebounds but um it's still good, training.
1: man. It's still really good. It, it, it is. I don't care if against Caldwell you have Pope. Seen, it's good.
0: How on the sides they were. It was absolutely hilarious. Was a point. Uh,
1: let me let me bring up their roster actually. Let me bring up their starters that day because I think <laughs> we. Uh, I don't want to put any disrespect on his name. So the Lakers started with uh, Toscano, Anderson, Thomas, Bryan, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker. Schroeder, um, Reeves, Lonnie Walker, bro. Schroeder, Reeves, Lonnie Walker. If they had Westbrook come off. Westbrook grabbed nine rebounds.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they needed their six-three <laughs> guard to grab nine rebounds. Like it, it was just like none coming off the bench as well. Like it, it was unbelievable.
1: Um, anyway, anyway, tell me about Gary Trent. Cause he's been a guy who's turned up. But I I actually like him coming off the bench, Camille, because yeah. who who you gonna have come off the bench like Scotty
0: Barnes? Cause he's he's the only guy I think I don't think at this stage you can bench OG Ananobi and. Um, Pascal, so one of them needs to get benched because you need a center. And I don't think Kaloka is going to carry on starting once Achua comes back. I think Achua will probably start at the five. So who's going to come off the bench? Like I, I like Trent coming off the bench. He, he, he's one of those players who's in the mold of a um, forgetting the bloody Utah guy, um, Jordan Clarkson. Like so many like. Players like that. Um, who's the other one? I'm trying to think of. Matt uh,
1: Thomas, maybe. Matt Thomas.
0: L. A. Mister Crossover. Um, LA Clippers. Uh, Luke Kennard. No, this is uh, back in the day. Uh,
1: um, Tracy I'm McGrady.
0: Jordan.
1: Say again. Tracy McGrady. He was. No, uh... Uh, not
0: Tracy McGrady. Um, for the Clippers, as in, he was a sick man who came off the bench for them.
1: Uh, oh uh, yeah! Everyone knows who you mean. All the listeners know who you mean, but like, yeah, yeah, that,
0: yeah, that's pretty shocking. Um, Louis Williams, yeah, basically, forget all that. Long story short, I, I like him coming off the bench for us. Like, I, he's not—he's a spark plug who generates offense off the bench. Great, we need—we need that coming off the bench. I don't mind him coming off the bench at all
1: no exactly um he is in that mold you know as i said that matt thomas mold of an explosive shooter and if your box ticking now matt you've got, Thomas. Matt excuse you thomas. no disrespect on this man's name as well he's what Masai wanted matt thomas to be unfortunately he's taken a little bit more salary but he yeah, is now mr 99 percent no
0: that's fair
1: um anyway uh but the rest of the bench i mean you've got boucher you've got a stretch big there you've got thad young the vet The bench is looking quite good. And, you know, your boy Malachi is chipping in here and there with some minutes as well. So I'm liking the construction of the roster. Obviously, you have Coloco go down there when Precious comes back. But you're right, this has to be a lengthy team to start with. It has to be Van Vliet, Barnes, OG, Pascal and Precious, at least for now, to start. And, I mean, Gary Trent's still getting 30 minutes off the bench. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, you know,
1: he's he's getting his minutes. He's eating.
0: Yeah, I think he could even take potentially take on a secondary playmaker role for that bench team. if that's something he's looking to develop, I think it gives him a lot of opportunities. So I, in all fairness, I don't mind him or Scotty coming off the bench because then Scotty then plays that role of being that playmaker off the bench, which is a role he really enjoyed playing last season, isn't it? Um, so either of them coming off the bench really for me, I, I don't mind. But like, would Scotty actually be happy coming off the bench? This guy is looking to you know, compete with its other 2021 uh, draft classmates. He was at, at some points last year. We said Scotty Barnes might be the best rookie out of that class, and I don't think many people are saying that anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, even in the Magic game, you had Franz Wagner who's taking four spots after him and just absolutely go off as well. Um, so I, maybe that was part of Messiah's conversation with him. He was like, "If basically, if you want to start, like you're gonna, you're competing with the likes of Trent. Like we need to see more from you, otherwise you're gonna be coming off the bench."
1: Um, no, exactly, exactly. And um I think that's I think it's it's a blessing to have seven players all who could feasibly start in a contending team. I think come um, I, I, have, I have one question for you. I think please. this will like
0: it's an interesting question. I think we'll nicely wrap things up. Um if if we're still around this five hundred mark, which it seems like we're destined to be around five hundred for the rest of the season, um do we blow it up, can't trade deadline time? So do we look to trade the likes of Trent, the likes of Van Vliet, get as much value for them now rather than <laughs> waiting to the end of the season? Do you, do you think that's a sensible approach for this team or do you think well, oh, there's any visibility to see us compete like in the playoffs?
1: Blowing it up would render the last two seasons useless completely. You didn't go through the pain of watching you know, the missed rotations last year, just to see him blow it up because it's 500 this year. I would say, looking at the roster, you put out feelers for Fred Van Blee. If you get something back, great. Maybe you put out feelers for a guy like Gary Trent as well. You know, those two, I think, are the only expendable players, but I think Scotty OG, um, and Siakam are untouchable, regardless of who comes back. That's my two cents.
0: Do you think OG so is untouchable?
1: Yeah, I mean the step up he's gonna make, he's gonna be worth a lot more than you know. He's gonna demand a super max or something, man. I'm serious. This guy is on the up. He's the complete player. He's the complete Kawhi mold player this season. I think. So, so what about Scotty then? Well, Scotty, I mean, he's also untouchable. Yeah, you don't trade rookie. You don't trade your rookie of the year just because he's having a sophomore slump, do you? Okay.
0: Now that's
1: interesting. I think the listeners agree. Read at us if you agree. Out balling in the six.
0: That's interesting, but um, yeah, it's interesting that we're even putting Ka- Van Vliet in the trade category. I, was, I, would not have thought of ever doing this last season. No, I mean, um,
1: I more than anyone hopes he can step it up, but I think with the length and the philosophy of this team, he is expendable for sure. Um, but yeah, as but we also say, is
0: that injury, man? Is that injury? You don't and it's not just the injury like uh we don't take the injury in isolation you look at all the other factors around it it's about the fact that he's an undersized guard and if you just look at it historically any of those guys have had knee injuries obviously Derek Rose is another classic example but like I think Gilbert Arenas as well um, but I'm not sure if his was knee injuries but like so many of these six foot six foot one players they get knee injuries when later in their careers they they don't rebound from it, and honestly, even the ones who don't get injuries usually they start to tail off earlier than you know fours and centres do, and it makes sense because um, they have to rely more on their athleticism and their agility and all these other things to make up for their lack of
1: size. Um, for example, when it comes to finishing at the room, of course. Um, well, you 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 heard it. I, I... You heard it, Masai. Don't listen to <laughs> Nick Nurse. Listen to the doctor. Dr. Burrell.
0: Yeah, mate, I, like, one thing, Koum, like, I've clocked with Van Vliet, like, some of the finishes he's had at the rim where he's having to put the ball so high up off the glass, maybe because he's not getting that separation that he normally gets. Like, I think the difficulty of some of his shots, like, that's adding to his woes. So, yeah, I think, for me, I think, yeah, I, if we're around the trade deadline, if we're around 500, I think Victor time it's victor time and i think let's blow it up
1: and let's tank it as much
0: as possible let's shut pascal down let's shut og <laughs> and Nobi down and the rest of them let them get as many minutes as they want i and actually I think say, we should 35 minutes game.
1: we should shut all the talented players in the early 20s down just so they don't get too tired really just do it <laughs> yeah, now regardless absolutely. just save them for the future <laughs> yeah,
0: come on victor.
1: victor five minute limit per game that's it anyway um Varel, next time we'll see you will be at the Golden State v Raptors game. Um, well, let's see if we're still at 500 record then.
0: We absolutely will be. Don't worry about it.